Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and welcome back to the Call Her Andy podcast, cha- p- p- podcast <laughs> chapter two. Sorry for the stutter right out the gate. I'm going to do it again, okay? Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back and thanks for joining us on the Call Her Andy podcast for our chapter two. Um, part of our chapter two is that we're totally different people now and so we're checking back in with some of our guests from chapter one to see what they've been up to and um, just really catch up and see what's up. So today on the episode, we have our good friend and our Mi'kmaq sister joining us today. The funny thing is that almost exactly a year ago today, we released her episode. So it's kind of fitting that a year later, we're checking back in with her, talk to her now. And she is an auntie, a sister, um, the second oldest daughter from Millbrook First Nation, but now you're an auntie times how many? There was like a new. I have three, uh, three now, one niece and two nephews. That's so cute. I remember you just had the niece. That's so cute that they, you have two nephews now. So if you remember, Faith is a high school graduate, a college graduate, university graduate, And now she's like halfway done her master's, I think, right? Yes. So tell us, we're going to just jump right into your education and like, how are, how close are you to being done? I am about three months shy of being done my graduate degree. Oh my God. Congratulations. And tell us what it is again. I well first of all I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the chapter two of your new podcast or and uh well it's the same but you know reinvented part two so I'm just so happy to be involved again in this chapter and I just want to say congratulations Quay congratulations Grace I am so proud of both of you so much you have grown so far with this and I'm just I just want everyone who hears this to just say you know they're appreciative to our our hosts Quay and Grace because you guys are doing big things and you guys are bringing a voice to to the women and and all the aunties out there and people who are coming onto your show and I'm just so proud of (laughs) both of you and um yes so big congratulations thanks so much faith that's so nice to hear cheers our coffee mugs (laughs) (laughs) drink coffee water espresso uh film sebastian is one of my favorites (laughs) (laughs) we should uh a little piece for that (laughs) yeah um so yeah I am all done. I'm well, I'm all done my uh, third semester and it's a two-year program. My, it's a master's of health in administration from Ted Rogers School of Management, which is under uh, X university previously known as Ryerson. Um, the task force has been successful in um, recommending that they change the name and oh, there's a yappy dog don't mind me. <laughs> but yeah they've been successful in um, the uh, in their recommendations to the university so you know I'm really proud to be in a school that is taking this seriously and uh, so my program is a two-year program and I have been going non-stop you have yeah the last episode so I've been in school for I guess 13 months now and so 
I'm fast tracking and trying to finish it within 16 months, this two year program. Um, so you called it X University because Ryerson is in the midst of, I guess, listening to the recommendations on changing their name. So since you are so close, this kind of just popped up when you're talking, since you're so close to completing your master's, when you get your master's on a piece of paper that you would normally frame on the wall, would it say Ryerson or would you fight to like have it blank until they come up with a new name? Like what will you, I know it's like such a big thing that you, you might just be like, just have Ryerson on it. Cause it is your like masters, but what are your but, thoughts with that? Yeah. Tell us that, your thoughts. That is a great question. They are, well, I'm not sure if I have to have Ryerson university on my a certificate. It may be just Ted Rogers School of Management because that's my uh, the school that I'm graduating out of. So I don't think we have any association for our our diploma with um, with the, the previous name of Ryerson University. Uh, however, because they can't just change the name suddenly, they're going they're putting together different um, individuals to be a part of a board to rename the uh, the university and they have included indigenous uh, faculty and students and staff and and other people throughout the university to be involved in the renaming of the university so i don't know what university i'm graduating from however because of my because i am at the the graduate level of education it may not be included on my diploma i believe that it will be Ted Rogers School of Management with my Masters of Health Administration and Community Care. I'm okay. Wait, isn't like Ted Rogers School of Management like the Faculty of Business at Humber College? So they're with Humber College. I, I'm not too sure what the. I'm just making a parallel for like right, Ted Rogers School of Business at Ryerson Faculty of Business at Humber. Isn't it like that, or is it not? I think we're faculties and universities have like schools within. Like we had schools though, like the school of business yeah. Humber College, the school of Ted Rogers management at Ryerson. Isn't it like that? Yeah, it's sort of like a, I, I, I couldn't explain that aspect to you, um, but uh, yeah, it's sort of like where our school, our, what our umbrella, our school is under and um, I think for graduate school, it does change a bit as you progress in um, further education. So I think if it was your undergraduate degree, it would be, it would, I think it could be still Ryerson University until the name is changed. So I know that's a big topic, but I, I don't have all the answers for you today. <laughs> I just want to do like a recap for our listeners and they could be new listeners since the last time we've had you on the episode Faith. Um, or last time we had you on the podcast, just how um, inspiring you have been with your education journey. Like we met you in 2013, um, in 2013, because that was when I started Humber and I remember you there. Um, but you, you know, you started with, you did school in Hamilton, right? Like, was it your GED? No, I didn't want to do a GED. I was really determined to get my high school diploma. So I did go to a, an adult education center and I worked on each credit to finish my high school. And I did that at, when I was 23. 23. And then you went to Humber College for your fitness and health promotion diploma. Yes. And then you transferred out to University of Mount Royal. She, correction, she graduated. Graduated, and then yes. went to Mount Royal. <laughs> yeah, I graduated from Humber and, uh, and then I went to Mount Royal University in Calgary, Alberta. And then I graduated with a Bachelor of Health, of health in Physical Education and I majored in Management. And, uh, and then I guess the last... Uh, episode that we spoke uh, was I was on my way to um, my master's and yeah so now I'm at yeah now I'm at Ted Rogers School of Management and I'm 
really close to being done my my program my it, my life has changed so much in a year <laughs> wow that's so inspiring yeah. Dave. thank you so much for being like this inspiring quay that we can all look up to in terms of our education and you just keep going but how do you say woman in Mi'kmaq because when Faye said quay that means hello for us it's a bit yes you're an you're an inspiring Aben. <laughs> okay, wait, I want to go back to the diploma thing because I think how so Ted Rogers has undergrad, so they have everything. So it would be like a, a, a faculty at any other place. But how inspiring and how part of history would it be though if you're if it was printed and said X University, and then you could talk to your grandchildren later and be like, yeah, I was at this school when they made the big move to change the name and take down the superintendent's name from residential school. I was there. It would be interesting. Either way, I'm going to definitely tell my grandchildren about it. <laughs> and, um, you know, and my my cohort was really supportive in oh, yeah? the name. My cohort wanted to write a letter of support um, in changing the name. And we all wrote an additional letter, which we had sent to the president. And he had um, he, he had uh, given it to the task force. And I mean, it's just a small gesture in comparison to, of course, all the work the task force has been doing for the past year. Um, mm -hmm. but I mean, just to have that support within the community of my cohort was really meaningful because in my cohort, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest one in my program and these are all healthcare professionals in high positions right now. So just seeing their willingness to make a difference and make a change and to treat um, and have more respect than ever before to the indigenous community. Mm -hmm. um, substantial. So I am really grateful for my cohort. I believe I am the first Indigenous student to be in my cohort. And wow. uh, yeah, I am the first of this particular cohort, but I really hope to God I'm not the last. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a, a lot of learning for for each other as a cohort it was about 30 of us and you know there were a lot of difficult conversations however i feel like there has been a lot of growth overall of just and this was a you know a good time just to have these conversations and then what a difference because um at Royal Road, you had such a hard time in your class. And then now look at like your new, like a new setting, a new school, like the cultural vibe is shifted. And like, look how much you're blossoming. Like you can commit to getting it done. You're like, let me finish. Let me go to the next class. And at the other one, you're like, how can I leave? How do I get out? Yes. Like, Whoa, the school, it really, the school's culture really does impact your success. That's crazy thing. Yes, it does. And that is what is so important about all post-secondary um, universities, institutions across Canada. They all need to have indigenous support in their school. Every, every elementary school, every junior high, every high school, trades, college, everyone needs to have employees who are Indigenous that are going to support the Indigenous students if they want to work towards reconciliation with the Indigenous community. Wow. So I know you're three months shy and you're probably focusing on just finishing, but where do you see yourself after completing your master's? Like, do you, are you going to continue on to a PhD or go into a workplace setting like where where are you going next that's a great question <laughs> <laughs> i am moving towards research at this time work-wise and mm -hmm. i am considering phd the thing about phd is that it feels very lonely out there in academia to be indigenous and you know, I would love to be able to have a supervisor who is Indigenous, and um, it, it's 
there it's just it's it's limited out there and you need someone who wants to take you on um however i my program director is interested in helping me if i would like to pursue a phd route the only thing is that my my graduate program is course based so i will have to do a thesis on my own time and i am open to doing that and uh, my one of my professors and program directors of my program is willing to support me in that um, however it does feel very lonely on top <laughs> and um, but i am open to pursuing my phd we are in the talks of it right now with my program director and also i'm currently working as a research assistant with the entrepreneur and strategy with ted rogers school of management and my focus is on indigenous innovation so this is a very broad con you know complex content of information and there isn't really you know you can go in so many different directions with this topic so i have um well with my education i have an interest in elders and and um seniors and health and wellness and you know bridging this gap from you just really at the end of the day i just want to see our people thrive and be able to feel just as anyone else would feel waking up and not have to have all the the difficulties of going out and being judged every day you know so i I want to work towards that. At the end of the day, I want to work towards our helping our people to have health, to have education, to have the any success route that they want to take. And I'm really open for what's happening next, but I don't know what is uh I don't really know what is next, but I'm keeping an open mind. I'm you know, I'm talking to people, trying to network and ask people, you know, lots of questions about their careers. And because at the end of the day, I want to do something that is meaningful. And I know that can be a little cheesy, but you know, when you grow up and on a reserve and around your people, you see the struggle and you don't want to you don't want to just leave them behind, you know, and I really feel like the assimilated pathway is not the only way there's, mm -hmm. we can, we can go back in our communities and we don't need help from other people. We can help ourselves and there are solutions and there are, there is knowledge and there is strength, there is resilience. And I just see all the wonderful things about being on the reserve. And, you know, I just love that my nieces. My niece is back on the reserve now. It's her first time living on the reserve. My sister just moved back this past year. And uh, she she always says, Red's life is the best life. Yes, that's what it is. It's like she's been listening to our podcast. Red's life is the best life. So cute. <laughs> hey, I totally understand what you say when you like when you said we don't need help from other people, we can help ourselves because. I always try to tell people as anytime I can, the band council system, the system that we have in place on policies we have in place, they were not, we didn't make them up. No. They were made up and assigned to us and we just allowed it to continue. And if there's people who want to be on band council, if there's people who want to work those policies that the government implements on our reservations, do it. But also we don't need to, we can develop our own economy. We can develop our own social system and our own social safety net. We just have to get out of the mindset that we're stuck. We're not stuck under this policy system. It's, this is what we talk about when we talk about systematic oppression. Like if people can just realize that we, we can help ourselves, we have to just do that. I don't know how to, I don't know how to make our own economy flourish, but I'm like, there's other communities that have. So if we just learn from each other, we don't need the government's money. No, we don't. We're a sovereign nation and mm -hmm. we, have, we have innovators. We have elders with knowledge. We have people who are strong, who are willing to 
to to fight for for all the for our environment for our children for you know their strength in the community and people want to you know it's hard because you go you, you have to go most of the time you have to go to school off reserve and then they're telling you oh you'll be lucky if you can get through high school oh you'll be lucky if you can get into into a college or a university and really it's all this outside you know stereotypes being put on you it's like i didn't know that i would have a hard time getting through high school but they made me believe that and that is that is racism that's prejudice and they need to stop doing that you have to tell children like that you know that they can and that they they can do anything you know because they really can whatever we all have gifts we all have something to give and it doesn't matter if you have your demons and you're struggling with addiction you can still make an impact in your community you know i have an elder in my community but he struggles with alcoholism still but he's so well respected in the community he's he does all the drywall on everyone's home it's like who's going to replace him you know he's the only one fixing up our houses and um you know it doesn't matter if you do have these uh if you have things that you're fighting with if you have mm -hmm addictions you still are important and you have something to give no matter what you know you might struggle with gambling but you might be really great at making meals for for the community so mm -hmm. yes we have hardships but everybody does okay yeah. there everybody has a hard time doesn't matter that you're native non-native people have hardships and they have these difficult things and, but people just make it seem worse if you're native. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you have to get out of that. It's like, no, we're strong. I like what you said, cause it kind of really plays into that teaching of like, everyone has a place in our community. Everyone has a certain like task and role in our communities. And yeah. And thank you again for like making addiction and mental health, like struggles acceptable and that you're still worth it. Cause I think that's really important to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't have to wait to be perfect to be happy. Mm -hmm. You choose to be happy now, even with your struggles. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you have relapses, it doesn't, you know, as long as we're always working to be better, as you know, we'll have our, we might take two steps back, but then take another step forward, you know, because every day, is a journey every day is an opportunity to change your mindset and we don't know what people have gone through and there have you know and historically and we know that things are are difficult but it doesn't take away the beauty of who of who people are you know and everyone has has beauty in them and if you can think about you know family member um, or a community member, they might not like nobody's perfect, but they've probably have done something that has impacted your life or helped you out along mm -hmm. the way. So I think maybe before our generation, there was this idea that the white way was the right way, but it isn't. And now we're in this different stage in our life and we're reclaiming who we are and we're saying no. Being indigenous, I am proud to be indigenous. I am proud to be Mi'kmaq. I am proud to be, you know, from a reserve. And I am happy to be back home in my community. People used to say, oh, I'm so proud of you. you you've moved off the reserve. You got off the reserve. No, I was only off the reserve because I had to get my education. Maybe I might have to live off the reserve for for my uh, my career but there's something special about the reserve and what that is is that it has kept us together and it has kept community it has kept kinship it has it has kept families together and families being together keeps you strong yeah for sure and i think it's important that like how you said that you're proud to be who you are and where you're from it's so important we model that for our next generation like you have your niece and your two nephews and 
I have my son, Nico, like we, it's so important. Like I see Nico, um, I'll share this one little story. We were driving past his school before school started. I'm like, Nico, say hi to your school. And he said, hi. And he's like, when I walk in, I'm going to say I'm Ojibwe. And I'm like, oh yeah, but you can say that. And he's just like, so proud to like, say that, that that's who he is. And I think that's so special because, you know, like our ancestors were afraid to say who they were and like where they're from. And so it's so important we model that. That is so special. And, you know, my niece, Grace, she was living in the city while my sister was, you know, getting her education in midwifery at McMaster. And then she was, she started her career in Calgary as midwife. And so, and then she was in Fredericton for a while. So my, my niece didn't get the chance to live on the reserve or in the community, but she always felt very strong in who she was as a First Nations um, person, even as a child, before she could say, I'm Mi'kmaq or I'm Native or, you know, she would say, I Haya. And, you know, she would always say, I Haya. And that was just so beautiful to see how proud she was of who she was, even though she was growing up off the reserve. So, you know, just to harness that culture, no matter where you are, because you half of our people are off the reserve, really, and it is hard to get back to the community. But if you can, you know, that's a, it's a wonderful privilege to be able to return to the reserve. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of that meme that was going around this week where it was like on and off reserve natives is a colonial concept. And I think that it's true. And we got to shake that idea and that thinking of like that you're, it doesn't make you any different. It's just your different lived experiences, which like, yeah, make you different, but you're still you, you're still a hundred percent indigenous no matter where. You're, you are who you are, you know, <laughs> but it's important to, to know who you are and have that, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to know when someone is Native, you know, when they're Native, because it's, it's just something that they carry with them. And uh, I mean, this is very complex in our community, but, you know, it is, uh, I'm just really proud of where we're, where we're going because right now, you know, right now, like I'm 32 and this, my age, our age, like is the median age of First Nations people in Canada. And the younger generation where we have the fastest growing population in Canada. So, you know what, this is our baby boom. These are our baby boomers. Okay, we gotta go and get pregnant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want a baby. <laughs> okay, if that's the median age, then like where are our other girlfriends at? Let's connect. <laughs> yes. Everyone who's 32, like let's make 32's club. <laughs> yeah, 32 club. Oh, 89 club. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Sorry, graces are, are young. Yeah, I'm young. I'm getting up there, though. <laughs> she, she, you're doing the married life, the mom life. I'm so yeah. proud of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. Yeah. I, like, education was such a big piece. Faith, like, you've come so far, and it's been so great to witness how far you have come um, since 2013 and how long we've known each other. But that's when ask you're so comp like in a good way, you like, you have so many, I was going to say you're so complex. And I'm like, some people might say that is a bad thing, but it's a good thing. Like you're just like flourishing in so many like avenues for yourself. Um, Another one has been following your fitness journey and how important that has been for you. And I, feel like since as long as we've known each other, it has been so important for you. Um, so tell us how your last year has been on your fitness journey. My fitness journey this last year has been excellent. I, I 
I mean, I'm always up and down at different times when it comes to, you know, maintaining um, my health and, but I know, I noticed a, uh, a correlation in the past. I was like, wow, I always gain like a lot of weight whenever I start a new journey. And it is hard starting a new journey and, you know, starting a new program and trying to get resettled in a different environment. That's tough. So this year I was really proactive and I was like, okay, I'm starting a new program. I'm going to need to be um, on top of keeping up with my health and my fitness. So I, I reached out to one of my professors, one of my college professors, her name is Deb and she has, uh, she's a manager, part of a fitness organization. And I said, you know, I just told her, I was like, I'm going to need some help with staying, um, getting on track with my, with my fitness. So I hired her as my coach and I would meet with her every, or while well, I would talk with her every two weeks and she would keep me accountable with, um, with tracking my food and, and, uh, guiding me with keeping up with my exercises. So, even throughout, uh, you know, throughout the year, I was working out like five, six days a week, and I lost quite a bit of weight. And I feel like I've gained the most muscle mass I've ever had in my life. And, um, you know, the key really was just being consistent. And this time I needed some support, you know, sometimes you can't do it all on your own. And you need a mentor, you need someone who or you need a coach or it's okay to ask for help. And I knew this time around, I needed some help. And I'm really grateful that I did get this help with her because it got me on, it got me on a good path of taking care of my health. Flex for us really quick. Babe? Pardon? Flex for us really quick. Oh, I think I was getting some feedback. Sorry about that. I didn't hear you. <laughs> It's kind of corny now. Grace cut this part out. Um, I just said flex for us really oh. quick. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't hear you. I was getting feedback, but yeah, I could flex. Okay. Whoa, Faith, you have that indent right here. <laughs> yeah, I got some. Oh my gosh. I'm so impressed. So it feels really good. You know, if anything, don't focus on losing weight. If anyone wants. Mm -hmm just focus on, on, uh, being strong, being, um, eating, you know, protein, eat meat, eat lots of meat. <laughs> you know, I was in, um, in the States for a elders conference this summer and there was a Navajo, a Navajo elder that I met and it was really cool when he, when I met him, he said, I'm, I'm the last of the full bloods. And I was like, wow, yes, you are. <laughs> like, he's a 77 year old man, so strong, still making, uh, you know, beautiful jewelry. And uh, I, I was like, you know, can you drop some life knowledge on me? Like, you know, please. And he told me, eat lots of food, <laughs> eat lots. You know, he's like, and I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, that's the key to happiness, eat lots. So, you know, really, health is uh is also about eating food eating good food eating you know mm -hmm. eating, meat, eating vegetables eating nuts eating i think that eating meat like eating um quality meat that's the thing if that's what the if you want to do it because i know some people pick like pescatarian lives or like vegetarian lives but just like mm -hmm. eat it quality right that's interesting that that elder Seto was talking about is blood quantum because blood quantum is another colonial concept. It's fun to say that for our listeners, but I'm not going to tell an elder that. I mean, it <laughs> is, but it is still something, you know, that is beautiful because he's, he's telling us that his, uh, 
that he feels strong. It's not even about blood quantum. It wasn't about blood quantum. It was just, he was just like, I'm a full blood, you know? And uh, it was, I think for him, it was just something he felt very close to his, to his people. And, um, you know, eventually we could, we all may not have any race anymore or well, there is no race at the end of the day, but we won't have, you know, if we just keep going and going and going, we might not know who we are, but it's good to kind of hang on to, you know, these pieces of who you believe, who you are and what's important mm -hmm. to you in the culture, because, you know, I think it's important to hang on, hang on to who you are as much as, as much as you can mm -hmm. in your culture. Yeah. yeah. I like the last what you took from it. Yeah, yeah. I think also like a year will go by regardless. So like why not start your fitness journey now? Or like why why stop? No matter if you go on those, like you were saying, you're like, oh, I've got ups and downs, but like the year is gonna go by. So why not keep riding the wave? Yeah. Of the up and down. And just like when you got off track, just keep getting back on. Yeah. Cause it's gonna go by. Yeah. Never up, you know, it doesn't matter how, how unhealthy you feel, just get back to it. You know, even with sobriety, if you are, you know, sober for three months, and then you slip off, you know, you don't have to go fully, just fully give up because of that moment or because of that, you know, month, because those three months mattered to your health and the bigger picture. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for all the times that I, I get back into my health and, and get back into working out and getting focused, no matter what size or what stage I'm at, you know, we can always continue just to get back up and, and move our bodies, you know, yeah. that's going for a walk, if that's you know, taking, you know, getting a dog and taking your dog for a walk, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, just focus on, on movement. It really doesn't matter about exercise, really. It's, it's movement and strength and maintaining your, your mobility and, you know, just keep on moving in whichever way you can, whether if you can't get to the gym, you know, there's so many different things you can do at home especially from the pandemic. There's so many mm -hmm. online videos that you can watch that are freely accessible. And, you know, you just go back to the basics and just do any movement you feel okay in. If you feel like you're not hurting yourself, you know, I'm sure you'll be fine. Grace was watching a couple, was utilizing YouTube for a while too, right? Grace, are you still on the? No, not so much. Um, when I first got my Apple watch, um, you know, I would do like my exercise and my walking outside. And then when by the end of the evening, I realized my ring wasn't closed and I would do like a dance, like workout just to like, cause it was fun. And I didn't want to do something like super hard. <laughs> so I would do that, but I just wanted to touch on when you said health journey, because, um, you know, it's sometimes for everyone, it's not always a fitness journey I always just think of like physical like you know you're in the gym or you're um you know you're just focusing on that aspect like I think of health as a broader picture of that you know it's our mental health and, and our physical health and that's why we do like lift weights or we go to the gym or if it is just a walk it all does do wonders for our health and ties into our mental health like um so I just wanted to touch that point because I just think it's so important that we focus on all aspects of our health and nourishing each one of those. I wanted to also mention this to you, Faith, and I don't think you knew this, but like when we went to uh, Banff last summer and like I was so bummed out because I couldn't get into the gym and you know, like I'm a big gym girl, like love smashing the heavy weights is what I thrive on but you were so inspiring because you're like oh I'm just gonna do a plank oh I'm just gonna do a couple push-ups and I was like it's those like those are easy movements those are basic movements but I was so in a different routine and I'm like wow that was really inspiring to me so sometimes now 
I do like a couple push-ups or a couple stuff like that on my own because I'm like oh it's like just 20 minutes of a little fitness is better than nothing yeah maintaining strength uh, you know as we age you know this is the time this is the time to be strong and you know, it doesn't matter just what you have, but be flexible. I always felt that way too, very like much into the gym. And I'm, I'm slowly changing that mindset just to be like, okay, I can do any type of movement anywhere I am, you know, you can just, yeah, get on the floor, do some push-ups. I find that very challenging. <laughs> Push-ups are so challenging. I wanted, I wanted to ask you another question before we go into like your self and your, we want to talk about one more thing, your relationship with yourself, but I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if I asked you this before, maybe, maybe I did in our last episode. Isn't it such an exciting time in the healthcare system for research because no other generation has aged with muscle mass like this generation has? Yeah, that's really interesting. I I would love to read about it. I personally don't have time to dwell into that aspect of research. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I have thought about that. But it could be sort of how it was before because with uh, just physical manual labor. Oh. If you think about it, we were always very strong people and, um, you know, worked with our hands even before industrial times, you know, everyone was very physically active and didn't need to work out because <laughs> they were working out all day just to survive. Right. And, um, but now, you know, the, I hope that the, you know, the younger generation just like keeps up with it. But I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a huge uh, area of interest that I do love to read. Um, I have a uh, nerd out days where I just want to read nonstop all day and just take in so much random information. <laughs> and uh, my partner teases me and tells me, he's like, okay, you're just always wanting to uh, data, oh, it's your data analysis, your data collection. <laughs> you know, I have to search everything and be aware of so much information. So, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned you had a partner, but that's not the relationship we want to talk about. The relationship we want to talk about is the one you have with yourself. And how has that grown in the past year? And then like, do you have any new hobbies now? Tell us. Yeah, this year, this year was a very um, hard working year. I mean, every year is a hard working year. I've been working nonstop. But I I think uh, one thing about this year was focusing on my relationship with food and trying to be more aware of, um, of my food intake. So I tracked my food on my fitness pal for you know, a good nine months. And it helped me become a lot more aware of, of, um, of my, my challenges with wanting to, to eat when I feel stressed. So that was a really big one for me. And also getting myself to eat just during stress. So it's really interesting. There's times when, you know, you're going through a lot and you don't feel hungry, you don't want to eat. And then there's times where you have a lot going on and then you want to eat a lot. So I really needed to focus on balance with food. And um, that's probably one of the biggest personal um, goals that I, I had to overcome was just finding a balance with my food and, um, and trying to change food as, okay, I need food for fuel and I need protein and I need, you know, I need to get all these, I need to focus on eating for health and, you know, and not forgetting about food or, 
or just, or just going crazy. So just finding balance with food, I found really beneficial for my own personal growth. And I'm really grateful that I was able to track. Um, a benefit of tracking is you can become more aware of, um, of your, uh, your habits and your emotions. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one is a keep just finding balance not just with with exercise and fitness and or school it's really everything is finding a balance between um, the different aspects of your life and so for that I'm really you know was one of my biggest growth areas I'd say and another thing is I guess a new hobby is uh is running. So I didn't run for years. I had broke my knee and I had a lot of issues with my ankle before, but because I was, I was training in the gym so often I had really strengthened my body. So I started going for runs and I was like, wow, I can do this. And I started to really enjoy it and love running again. And I used to be a big runner back in, you know, probably a decade ago, but I'd done quite a few 10 kilometers this summer and just getting outside outdoors and, and running in nature. So that was probably a wonderful um, new hobby that I developed. Yeah. And yeah so that's probably a big one did i miss any other no that was my those are questions and i wanted to talk more about running for a second because i don't know if it was you that shared the article with me but there was an article that i read about um running and how it's healing especially for the indigenous community um there's like really a lot of benefit to it but i also wanted to ask you don't you find it so exhilarating when you're like Okay, I'm going to see if I can do 7k today, or like, I'm going to see if I can do eight. And then you, you push yourself and do it. And then you're like, I fucking did that. Yeah. I love that feeling. I mean, I was shook when I could run 10 kilometers. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, yeah. I, that? I had no idea, but I had conditioned my body through weight training. Spending time weight training will strengthen your body. And then you'll be like, oh my goodness, like I can run. Mm-hmm. And I remember traditional, yeah. we're runner. You know, that is a way to be, you know, to return to your culture is to get back into your fitness because we're very strong people. We're good runners, you know, mm-hmm. so it's amazing. I was going to say, I totally agree. There was one summer where I just spent in the gym and I, I've always working I'm like when when do I ever do upper body never so I was always doing lower body <laughs> and then <laughs> I like went for a run randomly and I like this was not recently but it was like a couple summers ago and I like beat my normal 5k time just randomly on a random day but I was like it's been as late this past month I really spent a hard a lot of time in the gym working on my legs and then all of a sudden when I put it into motion it's like quick the body is amazing yeah have faith in your body (laughs) because we have the ability to strengthen ourselves at any moment you could have lived unhealthy your whole life and then in a few years from now you could be like so fit and strong Mm -hmm. like we are always you know we have the ability to change, we have the ability to choose life, to choose health, to choose um, being a better, you know, auntie or, you know, a better mom, you know, like every single day we can make a choice to do what we always wanted to do, to follow, you know, that feeling that you have inside that you want more. And, you know, I think what it is, it's hope. You know, if you can have hope and just grab on to that hope, it'll, it'll take you through, you know, if you have a little hope that, you know, you want to have an education, hang on to that, 
you'll get you'll get the education if you have hope that you'll get that you'll be a runner hang on to that you'll be a runner you know have hope because that is what really ignites you on the inside and uh, that's something that we really got to hang on to it'll it'll carry you through I love that. I agree with that, Faith. So you heard it here. Aunt Faith says, have faith in your body. And she's studying her master's in health. So there's real validity to it. Unlike when me and Grace just try to tell you facts. You've heard it here like, from an actual scholar. <laughs> we're like, we heard this one quote on this thing in this one meme that says, but you're hearing it from Faith. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I do, you know, if anything, all I have to say is never doubt yourself. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something because most likely they are because they're stereotypes still that we yeah. have to deal with every single day. But don't doubt yourself. If you have a belief that you want something, if you have a belief in yourself, and you if you feel it in your bones, in your heart, follow it. Never doubt yourself, never, because you have something in you that that only you can fulfill and you can make it no matter what. And we have our ancestors behind us. We have our family, you know, I believe in you. We believe in you, never give up. Don't doubt yourself, keep moving forward. You know, we can do this one day at a time. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Faith. Um, it's always so great connecting with you. And I hope we can see each other in person soon. It's been too long. Um, I don't know. I'm just feeling like super inspired by you right now. And I'm so thankful that you're back on after this year and you're just, you know, making leaps, it seems. And you should be so proud. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, please contact me. I'm looking for uh, people who are in graduate school doing thesis programs for our research. So please contact me. I'd love to hear from you and your story. Okay, so Quay, I think this wraps up our episode. Um, within chapter two, this is so exciting. Um, so this is it. Thank you so much, Faith. Hello, Lynn. So your podcast, Andy's know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness um, helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast aunties love you.